Does it feel at times like the bar for Alex Highsmith is so fixed and that it can't possibly budge in either direction? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. I like Highsmith a lot. I've liked him for the first drill I saw from him at training camp in Heinz Field a couple years ago. I saw what management liked about him instantly in Charlotte. There's a drive. There's a push. There's an honest approach about the way he goes to work. And really, from the moment Highsmith was placed on the field, into a position of responsibility. Remember, he had the big interception against the Ravens and some other splash early on. Everything just kind of seemed to be accepted. Yeah, this is this is what we thought was going to become of this young man. So please take this in the context of someone who's appreciated what he's done in the NFL when I say this. Is there more? Is there something more? And not that this matters, but are all of us guilty of just presuming that what's there is there and that's it? Think about this. Bud Dupree, in fairness, a first-round pick, high-pedigree guy, and you'd see on occasion that Bud would do something that was just so insane from the physical perspective that you'd see his ceiling as being a lot higher. Well, Bud went through you know, two, maybe three years of finding his way, or more appropriately put, finding a way not to over-pursue the quarterback and, in fact, stay inside an area in which he could do damage. Once he did that, he did damage. He did a lot of damage. And he was a big, big part of the Steelers ascending the way they did defensively, in particular from the pass rush standpoint and in turn from the takeaway standpoint. Bud also was seen, including by me, as being at least a reason, if not the reason, that T.J. Watt was able to break through to another level. Because you had Bud on one side, T.J. on the other. How can you possibly block both? You can't, especially when you've got... Cam Hayward and the rest of those guys on the defensive line coming through the middle. But we ended up giving Bud a lot of credit to the point that when Bud did become a free agent, there were a lot of people, and here again my hand goes up, who thought it'd be really worthwhile to find a way to pay Bud and make sure he doesn't leave Pittsburgh. But Highsmith came along. Highsmith played the position capably, showed some potential, and really just kind of quieted the conversation. He didn't continue it. He didn't amend it. He just quieted it. And I I, I don't know, man. I'm not comfortable with that. I feel like maybe there should be something more. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how 
you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Highsmith ended the 2021 season with six sacks. He had four sacks in the Steelers' final four games. He also had a forced fumble in there. So he did most of his damage later on. That's impressive in light of the extended 17-game regular season and in light of being able to do, you know, anything at all in that Kansas City playoff game. And that's one thing that makes me wonder if there isn't something extra there. Another thing that makes me wonder that is that TJ never comes close to tapering off. TJ just keeps getting better and better. So if we were going to give credit to Bud at the time, at least partial credit for what was happening with TJ, some of that's probably owed to Highsmith now as well. Third thing is this. The kid's just 24 years old. He turns 25 in August. He's young. And because he came from a smaller program in Charlotte, he probably, no, undoubtedly, arrived in Pittsburgh with more to learn than someone who came from a more advanced program with a zillion coaches teaching you a zillion different things. I don't think anyone would argue that Highsmith has the athleticism that Bud has. You know, some things you're just either born with or you're not. But there's also no one that would argue that Highsmith showed up in Pittsburgh better equipped, for whatever reason, to make plays and to be a steady contributor, to be a solid guy, whereas it did take Bud as I'd mentioned, a couple of years to get going. But here I am. I'm offering this now in the middle of June. There's still five weeks until the Steelers get to Latrobe. I can promise you that you won't hear Highsmith's name again. Not here, not there, not anywhere. No one ever talks about him. And I find that actually kind of amusing. He's an important player. He's a starting right outside linebacker, the bookend opposite of your most valuable player. And he just never comes up in conversation. No one's expecting him to get worse. No one's really expecting him to rise up either. And I don't know why. I don't know why. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped. Not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events 
that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Garrett Slingerland, who, in reference to yesterday's episode about what Omar Khan should do with the 20-plus million dollars that he's got in cap space, Garrett asks, I do hope that one of the top things that very few people are talking about will be extending Chris Boswell. I really don't think the Steelers can afford to lose him, especially with an offense that currently needs its training wheels on. Boswell is the training wheels. That's good stuff, Garrett. Uh, Boswell, for anybody who doesn't know, will be entering the final year of a four-year, $16.8 million contract. Decent change for a kicker, 4.2 per year. He's 31 years old. Not that kicker years matter that much. We've seen kickers go into their 40s, the really, really good ones. So you don't have to worry that much about that component. But yeah, he's got to get signed. He, he's he got to get paid. You can't, I believe, allow him to walk at the end of this or get to the point where you get right near the start of the season and say, Oh, hey, let's get something done here in a hurry because these aren't simple contracts. Kickers are, of course, compared to other kickers when it comes to pay scales, much as is the case for all football position groups. Boswell has proven his worth time and again, and yet he's never been as good as he's been the last couple of years. Maybe that gets magnified because of what you mentioned there, that the offense has just been so dismal that He'll often account for, well, sometimes all of it. He's also shown himself to be more than adept in stadiums on Sundays, to use the Mike Tomlinism, his way of saying that he excels in big games and doesn't get too high or too low. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I went through a whole segment myself mentioning Minka Fitzpatrick's extension and talking about Deontay Johnson. And if you have this kind of cap space and you aren't inclined to go and add a defensive lineman or a second running back, and I'm in favor of both, but especially that second one, then you might as well use that cap space toward keeping critical assets for the future. See, this is one of those strange things about the Steelers cap space this year. We're all used to this team getting to Latrobe with, you know, barely like five bucks to spare. And then from there, the invariable reports follow where so-and-so gave up this much in a restructure. Then this guy's next in the restructure. Oh, and just wait till that guy and how much they'll be able to get from him in a restructure. But the problem with restructures is that the bill does come due someday. It doesn't go off into fantasy land. So maybe the bigger, broader question that Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, and all the way up to Art Rooney need to address is do they see this as being the season where they'd want to do restructures and push debt further back into the equation? Hey, look, I get that it's sacrilege talking about the Steelers this way. They're not the Pirates. They're never going to be rebuilding, much less going through endless years of it. 
everything that they say and do, all of their actions are aimed at winning the Super Bowl that year. You're not going to hear anything different from them. You're not going to see anything different from them. However, however, what they do and say and everything else behind the scenes might be at least a little bit different. If you think about it, they've got an offense that's going to be run by, in all likelihood, someone who was another team's backup last season. Of course, referring to Mitch Trubisky playing behind Josh Allen in Buffalo. Or, if it isn't Mitch, then it'll be a career backup in Mason Rudolph. And if it isn't those two, it's going to be a raw rookie in Kenny Pickett. You can take any of those three scenarios and show that it's really unlikely that your team is going to win the Super Bowl. Okay, And I don't mean to sound insulting here. Just Sometimes you have to say this stuff out loud to realize how silly it is. So maybe, especially with a capologist in the GM spot now, you're able to look ahead two years, three years, and say, what's the year that we could really use this cap space? What's the year where we could try to align everything and still stay within the the T.J. Watt slash Cam Hayward window, although I know those two players in and of themselves don't necessarily align. That's the kind of thinking that you can have here. Uh, Cap space is very, very valuable in and of itself. It is a commodity in any salary cap sport. And you don't have to spend it just to spend it, and you don't always have to restructure guys just to restructure them. You can take care of the players that you have the players that you need going forward. Boswell is absolutely one of them. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 